I had a friend called Derek Pankow. He taught me this distinction called a clear story. This is an idea in marketing. So a clear story is something with this structure. Most people think X, but really Y. And if you just Z, then you'll get ABC, which is all of the results you're looking for. So most people think something, but really something different. And if you just do this thing that you're not currently doing, then you'll get all of the results that you want. That's called a clear story in marketing. And it's basically the structure of any, any kind of marketing has that in there somewhere. Um, and it's a way to kind of organize if you want to market something, you think about things. So I'm here to tell you I do not have a clear story about what I'm going to talk about today. And I think this is maybe part of the problem with discourse today is that um, clear stories are compelling and yet reality is very subtle, very nuanced. There isn't just this like, it's not this, it's really this and all you have to do is that, right? Like there isn't, um, that isn't a, a good map for navigating reality, but it's very compelling. So you want to consume content which has that kind of structure because then you go, ooh, that's great. And that's really where a lot of like cults come from, a lot of fads, like it's, a, it's a, an exploitable loophole in the human mind. And when I say exploitable, I don't mean that people are kind of, I mean, some people are very consciously exploiting it, but other people are just like, oh, when I'm kind of clearly in that way, then uh, it works and I get a good engagement, I get a good response. You know, someone recently said, I think it was Paul Graham recently said on Twitter, it turns out that if you optimize for engagement, what you get is lies. And I think that's a really interesting observation about social media. I'm not going to go further down that rabbit hole at this point, but there's definitely, if you want to know more about that, how to be okay person, there's an episode called Mental Hygiene, which uh, we talk about this in great detail. So anyway, I don't have a clear story for today, but I wanted to tell you about clear stories. What I have instead is a kind of yes and it's sort of this and it's sort of that, but I'm going to tell you about it anyway. Maybe, we'll see. Maybe it's going to come out and it's going to be this great clear story. So in the transformational world, in coaching, in therapy, in kind of workshop land, which is where I've spent a lot of the last 10 years, there is this idea of embodiment. And so embodiment is this idea that you, you want to learn how to inhabit your body so that your expression, your actions, your feelings are all connected to your body. And there's many different definitions for this. It's something people kind of talk about a lot, but there's this general sense that like, and, and in contrast to someone who is disconnected from their body and it's maybe like in their head, like, oh, you're in your head, get out of your head, right? Where they're like, they're, and, and literally it's actually a description of something which is happening energetically for people, like that their energy, some people's energy, meaning their attention, their aliveness, like what is inside of their scope of identity and inside of their their um yeah their field whether you want to get woo woo about that and really talk about subtle energy or you whether you want to keep that as a as a metaphor is up to you you can think about it like where their where their conscious attention is located or you can think about it like literally as like energy 
again, that's one of those things where we, we want to actually be agnostic about it. The language of energy is a is an old and a useful language. Is there a reality about it? I think that that is not a closed question. So the energy is in the head instead of being distributed evenly through the body. So embodiment is like learning how to have your energy in your body so that when you move, it, there's consciousness there, there's attention, there's awareness, there's energy in your body moving. Okay, this is great. What a good idea. In our culture, there's a lot of disembodiment. There's a lot of people who spend uh, a lot of time in their minds who are disconnected from their bodies in different ways and the reason for that is there's just cultural conditioning the body is not valued as much as the mind in our culture in a lot of ways it is it's valued as an object so the the body is valued as an object from the outside if you can if you can create a beautiful object of your body then it's valued but the subject of the body the this is how i'm feeling this is how i'm I'm moving. This is how I inhabit my body is not really valued. So that's part of it, cultural conditioning. Another thing is a lot of emotion lives in the body. And in our culture, we're not very good at processing emotion, dealing with emotion. And so so we we exit our bodies to um, avoid having to feel the kind of difficult emotions that are undigested in, in our in our bodies and a lot of therapy a lot of coaching a lot of different kind of uh, energy practices and stuff like that is about metabolizing the unfelt undigested emotions so that we can re-inhabit our bodies and it's a kind of natural thing that can happen so all of that is great but in this culture there is also this kind of this this very strong um thread of shaming the mind like i was saying at the beginning like get out of your head like you're in your head I can't feel you. I can't feel you, man. Like, just get out of your head. Like, get with the flow. There's this kind of, um, yeah, a shaming of the mind. Like, a, oh, man, it's just like heady, right? Like, it's such a criticism. Like, people say that about Ken Wilber. It's heady. It's actually full of heart. Like, if you listen to Ken Wilber's work, there's like this deep, beautiful compassion that runs through it. When you listen to him speak, when you read it as well and you kind of, and and you are attuned to that, it's full of this deep, beautiful compassion. But but people go, oh, it's heady, it's heady. Um, because it, it comes from a mental field and I'm going to get back to that soon. But there's this kind of field, there's this, there's this habit of shaming this thing. And um, I'm here to tell you, cut it out. <laughs> That's it, cut it out. And I'll tell you why. There's a couple reasons. So it's not useful. This is, this is why. It's not useful and it's a misunderstanding of what's happening. I, so I'll, I'll give you an example. When I, I was having an energy session with a, f- a couple of friends, two different friends. This is when I was in energy medicine school and we we're doing all this crazy stuff and this kind of woo-woo stuff. And one friend was like, we were practicing, you know, one friend was practicing giving me the session and then the other friend was kind of witnessing she was observing and the the one that was giving me the session was kind of like getting a little frustrated that i was quote in my head she was like ah you know why don't you like feel your body and she was kind of encouraging me down to feel my and all of this stuff but it was all with this frame like not like she was being sweet like she wasn't being like 
a dick about it, but you could kind of in the field was this impatience and this field of like shaming and like, oh, the, the mind is bad and the head, like being heady and like this whole thing was just in the field. And she was like really wanting me to get into the body, but it wasn't quite getting there. And then my other friend who was more alike than me uh, energetically in a certain way. And so there was something that she was able to pick up on. She said, what is the good thing about being in your head? Like what, yeah, what good thing comes to you from not inhabiting your body? And 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 I just got this kind of like, oh, this safety. There's a safety there. And I cried and, and it opened and like suddenly I'm feeling all of this stuff moving through my body because the the value of my mind was acknowledged in this very like non judgmental moment of just like, well what what good thing is is there here like what is it giving you what you know and so i think that that partly it's like that intervention was much more effective at actually kind of having me inhabit my body more than than any intervention about oh you're in your head i can't feel you like can't you just like feel your body more and get into your body and maybe like stamp your feet or like kind of pat your belly and like really mm, feel you know and eh, sometimes those interventions can be useful but I, it, it really was night and day from when this other friend was like well what, what good thing comes to you so that's one thing is it's not very useful and two the problem and this is the real point that i want to make the problem is not the mind the mind is this incredibly powerful aspect of us incredibly powerful incredibly beautiful extraordinary unique no other animal has a mind like humans have minds that we're aware of no other being has a mind the way humans have minds you know and i think dolphins probably pretty smart whales probably pretty smart you know i think pigs are reasonably smart and chimps obviously there are animals which are smart dogs great you can teach a dog how to dance merengue if you don't know about that google merengue dog it's incredible Maybe it's cruel. I don't know. Now I feel worried. But I don't think it's cruel. The dog seems like he's having a great time. Anyway, it's also a little weird because it's like this man and then his dog is in a skirt and they, they seem very intimate. But it's also just fantastic. You want to Google Moringa dog. Anyway, I move on. I'm sure it's all above board and it's fine. So all these animals are brilliant, but they're not like humans. Not like humans. The human mind is unique. Even the dolphins. Like Maybe they're like living in this beautiful psychic wonderland where they're all kind of attuned and and peaceful and like they're in perfect paradise and us humans are stupid for building all these buildings and computers and stuff we don't know about that but even if that's the case and they're actually smarter than that smarter than us i doubt that that's what's going on but there are definitely people that live in a world where that's what's going on and dolphins just have it way figured out humans are stupid even if that's the case the human mind is still very unique and it's obviously very powerful and it's capable of creating beautiful things just go reach for what is a, a sublime work of art, something that just moves you deeply. That was created by the human mind. So it's capable of creating these beautiful things. So the, the problem, and I had the teacher at that energy school I was in, she would make a distinction between the lower mental and the upper mental, which again, like that is a shorthand. I actually still don't love that because I think it's too dualistic, but it'll do as a as a shorthand but really what's going on is one of the things that the mind does is create uh unconsciousness it wants to put things on autopilot once it's figured something out so that it can focus on new things right it wants to automate all of the simple tasks and then 
put leave your attention free for the complicated text. And that's actually really, really helpful. It's such good news that you don't have to think about how to walk and, and, and talk at the same time. You know, you can chew gum and you can walk. You can tie your shoelaces. You don't have to think about it. You can drive a car and listen to music and have a conversation with someone all at the same time while looking out the window and enjoying the scenery going by, right? This is really good news. It's a really good thing that it does so that we can focus on the things that we care about. But the mind, it's... It, it, it wants to do that all of the time and it's very aggressive about that. It's just like that's that's its job and it's like show me show me stuff. I'm going to find a pattern. I'm going to find a way to automate it out of your consciousness so you're no longer conscious. The problem is that then we get into trances and we're all in trances all the time. A trance is just uh, a place where we've gone unconscious. It's a fixed viewpoint which does not include everything. So we're all in hundreds of trances. And most of the trances are, are, are valuable. Like I have a trance that like, this is my house where I live right now and that, that it somehow belongs to me and that I'm supposed to be in here and my partner is supposed to be in here and the dog is supposed to be in here, but other people are only supposed to be in here on my permission, right? Like this is a trance. I just picked this out of nowhere, but it, this is a trance. This trance of this being my house. You know, I have a trance that I have a name like the Robbie is my name. This is a trance. It's a trance that I've uh, I've hypnotized other people into and it's useful. So trances are not bad by themselves, but the problem is when we put something on autopilot, we put something unconscious that we actually want more control over. And it can be hard once something goes unconscious, it can be hard to bring it back into consciousness. So that's where the mind can get us into trouble. And so like the pattern of disembodiment of I'm going to stay in my mind and stay out of my body is, um, is a place where the mind gets us in trouble. But all of this is just to say like the mind is actually incredible. And there's a thing, and I wish that I had a better word for this. I have such a bad word for this. Because here's the thing, like the energy and consciousness, aliveness, the awakeness, however you want to think about it, the attention that people want you to bring into your body so that you're embodied and so that you're really talking about your feelings and you're connected to yourself, quote, you're, like as if yourself is the feelings that live in your body exclusively. That aliveness, that energy, that attention can also permeate your mind. It, your mind can become full of aliveness and energy and attention and awakeness. You can open up trances that were asleep. You can wake them back up. You can just run the energy through your mind and ideas are, are the energy of the mind, right? Like ideas are things where energy is being run through your mind. So I want to introduce a new word. And this, again, is like a terrible marketing because it's such a bad word. And I just wish I had a better one. But I want to bring this concept. And like, please, if someone has a better word for the same thing, please tell me because I don't think this is a good word. But enmindment, okay? You have embodiment where your body, you occupy your body with your energy and your consciousness. And that's really good. But then there's also enmindment where you occupy your mind with your attention and your consciousness and your energy. And that's also really good. Both of these things are great. The thing to avoid is not the mind. It is unconsciousness and trances and habits that we are, have not chosen. It's the defense structures which are limiting us and which no longer serve us. These are the things that we want to be paying attention to and finding ways to let go, not the mind.
The mind is, is, is a beautiful aspect of your being, and it should be included, it should be celebrated, it should be welcomed. It's created so many things. It's just, it, the, the list is endless of the incredible things the mind has created. And all of those things that, that we're talking about, letting go, you don't let them go by suppressing them or avoiding them, but by including them and recognizing their contribution and making them part of a larger whole of your of who you are okay thank you for listening and be well Thank you.